What's going on, Z community? Welcome to the Personal Finance in Canada show. This is your host, Tamar Z's, and today we're going to be talking about what mutual funds are. So just to give you a general overview, mutual funds are an investment vehicle that are usually made up of either stocks, bonds, or a mix of both, depending on the mutual fund itself. How it works, uh, let's just give you an example. Say that you're in a group of 10 people and you're all pretty busy, so you don't have the time and energy to learn how to invest. So you give your money to Johnny Appleseed, who's a professional portfolio manager with a strong track record. All of you guys give Johnny different amounts and he combines your money to buy bits of stocks and bonds that he believes are going to kill it this year. Now, he buys units of the mutual fund that he made and if he plays his cards right and the stocks and bonds in the mutual fund go up in value, so does the money that you gave to Johnny Appleseed. Now, when I refer to units, I'm just talking about the price to buy one piece of this mutual fund, which at times can be known as the NAV, also known as the net asset value. This could be easily found online whenever you search up for mutual funds, or you could ask your portfolio manager for it at the time of purchase. Now, this net asset value is updated once per business day at market close, which is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's not updated every single minute like a regular stock or an ETF, which we'll touch up on later in the episode. Now, this is because throughout the day, your portfolio manager is likely making changes to your mutual fund already to make you money in four different ways that I will also discuss later on in this episode. So why do people invest in mutual funds? Like, why is it a thing in the first place? Well, it's not only easier for someone to manage and multiply your money, but it also allows you to buy more for less, which is a concept called diversification. Think about how long it would take you to buy an Amazon stock, which is worth 2000 American dollars at the time of recording this episode, which is basically 90 million Canadian dollars. Now, there are a bunch of different mutual funds with different investment goals and risk levels, which are always highlighted by the portfolio manager. But generally speaking, they're split into either active or passive mutual funds. Now, there are four types of active mutual funds, the first one being equity funds. Now, equity funds will only be made up of stocks. Now, these types of mutual funds are usually focused in one section of the entire economy. For example, you might find a telecommunications mutual fund or even a consumer discretionary fund or even a financials fund, which will probably be made up of banks and whatnot. Now, they could either represent a section of the economy or they can represent a specific filter of stocks, such as small market cap stocks or high dividend yield stocks. Now, the next type of mutual fund are fixed income funds, which are investments in debt also known as bonds. Now, usually fixed income funds will be made up of stuff such as mortgages, government bonds, junk bonds, and even company debts. Now, these fixed income funds will guarantee you a fixed rate of return, and it'll be paying you out in interest payments, which depend on the interest rates from the Bank of Canada or the Federal Reserve if you're from the United States. If interest rates go down, so does the value of your mutual fund, and the interest that you may be getting. And then the last two types of active mutual funds are money market funds and balanced funds. Money market funds are investments in treasury bills, which are also known as T-bills. These bad boys have the least amount of risk out of all the mutual funds because at the end of the day, 
your money is usually locked in anywhere from three months and up to one year. And then after that, we have balanced funds, which are made up of stocks, bonds, and money market bonds, and they're put into one mutual fund. Now let's talk about the two types of passive mutual funds. And these are probably the type of mutual funds that you hear about all the time. These are ETFs and index funds. ETFs are also known as exchange traded funds. And these are mutual funds that can actually be found on stock market exchanges, which means that they could be bought and sold like a stock, meaning you don't have to go to the bank, talk to a portfolio manager, or have him convince you that he's got the best mutual funds around town. At this point, you're the one who's actually making the decision as to what mutual fund that you want to be invested in. Now, because ETFs are on stock market exchanges, the investments within them, either stocks, bonds, or even both, now, because they are on stock market exchanges, the investments within them, such as stocks or bonds, are usually the same for longer periods of time. So because of this, the fees that are associated with ETFs are usually much lower than mutual funds bought elsewhere because it requires less work from the professional. And last but not least, index funds. Now, index funds are made to represent specific portions of the overall economy or filters as we've previously talked about. Examples of index funds include the S&P 500, which tracks the top 500 companies in the U.S., and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which keeps track of the 30 major companies in the States. Now, index funds are made because they want to mimic a part of the economy or the overall. Now, index funds are made because they want to mimic the actual economy overall or even specific sections of it. Now, because of this, you can't directly invest in these funds they're more used as a benchmark. But if you're really interested in investing within them, there are actual ETFs and mutual funds that correspond to these index funds that you could invest in. For example, if we're talking about the S&P 500 and you believe that it's a really good play, you would have to find an ETF that corresponds with it. The first one that would probably pop up in my head is ticker symbol SPY. Now that we've talked about the different types of mutual funds, let's actually talk about the pros and cons of mutual funds overall. Now, Z community, are you finding value from this episode so far? If you are, be sure that you're sharing this with a friend and a family member. And based on what platform you're listening from, be sure you're following and subscribed to the podcast. So let's get into the pros of mutual funds. Now, generally speaking, the pros include diversification, which allows you to buy more for less and allows you to reduce your risk and keep returns at a modest rate. For example, if all you have is one Tesla stock, which is $2,000, and it goes down only 5%, you just lost $100 in one day. On the other hand, if you had a mutual fund that had three stocks, one that goes up 5%, the other goes up by 10%, and the other one goes down by 1%, you would be at a net gain of 4% because of diversification. Obviously, the calculation isn't exactly like this, but it gives you a rough idea of how this diversification works. Another pro that I really like about mutual funds is that it gives you four potential sources of income. The first source of income could be dividends from stocks, interest from bonds, capital gains from your portfolio manager buying or selling the stocks for a profit, or the value of your actual mutual fund increasing, which is again indicated by the net asset value. In this case, you could just sell the mutual fund for profits. Now let's talk about the fun stuff, AKA the cons. Now the cons is that the past performance of a mutual fund does not guarantee your future performance. 
This means that you should treat it as any investment decision and always assume that it will go down and you will lose all of your money. And because a mutual fund success really depends on the portfolio manager, do your background research on whoever is managing that fund. If they've got a good track record, chances are you're putting yourself in less of a risk. And another con are fees and taxes. Whether you were 10% up or 95% down, you're going to have to pay fees regardless of the performance of your mutual fund. These types of fees include expense ratios, which are annual fees for having the mutual fund overall, and other fees depending on where you're actually buying them from. Now regarding taxes, this is where things get a little complicated because mutual funds are made up of different things sometimes. So remember how we talked about the four different types of income that you can get from these bad boys? Well, let's just say that you get dividends from your mutual fund. You're going to have to pay taxes specifically for dividend income. If you're buying and selling the mutual funds for profit, you're going to have to pay capital gains tax on that. And probably the last con that I can think of is you don't really know what's going on with your mutual fund on a day-to-day -day basis. And you don't really have a say on what your portfolio manager decides to put into the actual mutual fund itself. And this is exactly why I highlight doing your research on the manager's track record. Now, in case you wanted to do some more research and find out about how you can get into this mutual fund game, you can actually buy them from banks and trust companies, life insurance companies, credit unions, mutual fund dealers, investment firms, mutual fund companies that sell directly to the public, or even stock market exchanges if they are ETFs. Now, at the end of the day, if you're going to be asking me if mutual funds are worth the investment or who is it best for, I personally think that each mutual fund has its own risk level. The way I look at it is that if you are looking for more of a low risk investment, I would put your money into money market funds. If you consider yourself more of a low to medium risk person, then I would say fixed income funds, medium risk, I would say balanced funds, and then high risk, I would say equity funds or ETFs. But that's pretty much it, Z community. If you did find value in this episode, please share it with the rest of the country. And depending on which platform you're listening from, be sure that you're either following or subscribed to the Personal Finance in Canada show. Anyway, Z community, this is your host, Tamara Aziz, signing out. See you next episode.